What is going on, everybody? You are turning back into your favorite midweek sports podcast. This is Bar Top Sports Talk. You already know. Episode 50 coming your way. Unbelievable, Ryan. How are we feeling, man? Good, man. Nervous. Episode 50. You know, I'm I'm sure there's been people that probably think, you know, how long is he going to do this? I mean, I don't know. It could it could reach something big. It could not. You know, right now it's just a hobby. But I'm very, very happy to hit this mini, or the, not even a mini milestone. I feel like it's a pretty significant one. What do you think? I think it is. You put in a lot of work on that thing. I don't think people realize that. I didn't realize it. Like before, like when you and Hector did it, I didn't realize how much work you guys had to do with that stuff. It's been an awesome ride. And then we're going to make many more memories. This, to start us off, we're gonna open up. A, we're gonna open up a drink, man. Uh oh. We're gonna celebrate a little bit. This is one of my favorite parts of having a drink on here. For real. The, the snap. One, two, three. Ah, love it. Oh. So Ryan, what, what are you what are you drinking today? For episode fifty, how are we celebrating? Classic lime, truly. Only one hundred and ten calories. I was looking out for you. I know you don't really want to drink beer because you got the Mexico trip coming up. Oh, and I just don't want to look sloppy for clients, you know? I feel you, I feel you. I, myself, am celebrating with the Southwest Boulevard Lager Boulevard Brewery. New edition. Not bad. It kind of, it was one of their newer beers. It tastes kind of like a Modelo a little bit. So if you like Modelos, so I suggest it. I don't, I don't know how I feel about it, but that's that's enough of the that's enough of the drinks i i'm just excited i hope you all enjoyed episode 49 i want to hit you guys with some numbers and it's really a, a second to show appreciation to the listeners i don't know i mean i don't know if everyone listens every single week i'm they may or may not but at some point you know you may click on us on spotify but to just to throw out some numbers i haven't showed ryan this yet since our top sports talk started in, believe, early February 2022. We are now up to 858 starts. So, I mean, that, that's not a whole lot. That's just people, like, literally clicking play. And, you know, they could stop it. But, but I appreciate it if you keep going. We've had 632 streams. I'm not sure what that really means. I have no clue. Like, does that, I don't know if that means that you listen to it all the way through or... You know, you just play it for a little bit. But we've had over 600 streams, 80 listeners. I mean, I'm just happy we even have 10. Yeah. 47 followers, though. We're almost to 50 followers. Let's go. You know, they're they're not big numbers, but they're I... Numbers. They're numbers. I mean, I'm happy with it. I think it's pretty cool. I, like I mentioned, I appreciate anybody that's listening. I'm glad we even have one, one person. Yeah. You know, and I checked our RSS a feed page where we it so for context a lot goes into making sure the audio file goes into spotify so we have to go through an rss feed website put the recording into that and then it creates the i guess the link for spotify so that's what eventually you all will hear but in the rss feed because the analytics which is pretty cool so I think a few episodes back, I mentioned that we had listeners in Belgium, Germany. 
Well, one of our most recent listeners is is from one up pretty high. They're from Canada. That's wild. So I mean, it's pretty cool. So not only are we, you know, getting a little bit more on Spotify, we're getting a little bit more on our RSS feed page. So it's pretty cool. I just want to throw those numbers out and you know show appreciation to the listeners. It's been it's been a, it's been a fun ride so far. I enjoy it, and I'm I'm glad I can keep it going. As to things to look forward to for episode fifty, I'm. I think Kansas City is still buzzing. For sure. No, not because of the Super Bowl. That was a while back. <laughs> but it might as well have been another chief celebration. The 2023 NFL Draft, what a spectacle it was. We're going to talk about some more about that here in a few moments. The NBA, we're now in round two of the NBA playoffs. Got a lot of nice matchups. Phoenix and uh, Denver, Golden State and the Lakers, Philly, Sixers, a rivalry renewed. Not really a rivalry, but an old rivalry. Heat and Knicks. It can't get much better than that. I think those are some very, very compelling series. Yeah. It's been good so far. MLB week six. I'm gonna recap a little bit of week five. Look at the week six power rankings. Have another Royals update. There's actually a little bit more news in the Royals update this week. I know there hasn't been lately. There hasn't been too much to report on, but unfortunately there's been some moves. Some guys got banged up. Some guys have not been performing well. So we'll have that for you guys towards the end. And to kind of wrap up episode 50, I know I show my appreciation, you know, right now at the top of the show, at the back end of the show. And I saved this. I didn't want to tell you, Ryan. I wanted to talk about some of our favorite moments. Now, I know you joined this year. You made your debut back in December, but you've been on, I think, roughly 12 episodes now. Yeah, something like that. And I know you've been a listener. You were a listener last year. We're, we're going to talk about some of our favorite moments from the 50 episodes. So I'm excited. Obviously, we're not going to go through all of them, but you know, I just want to throw some out there in celebration of episode 50 of Bar Top Sports Talk. But to kick it off, like I mentioned, we're going to go NFL draft. I think to sum up, this past weekend, Kansas City delivered. I told I was I was hyping it up. The media hyped it up. The city did. I think they delivered. The bar was set pretty high. The just the experience, the the sights and sounds. It was incredible. I've never seen anything like that in my life. I really wish you would have went. Yeah, I probably should have. It was incredible. The final count, 312,000 fans over three days at the Liberty Memorial slash Union Station. And they could have done more. So if you think about, I'm sure you've seen, and some of the listeners from the Kansas City area, you guys have probably seen the Super Bowl parade in the, or the World Series parade. That hill on the Liberty Memorial, it can, it can get quite a few people up there. The street connecting the two, it can get punt, uh, it can crowd in even more. The NFL set up barricades to kind of limit that. I didn't know that. Yeah, so, and they had a capacity limit for 60,000. I think it was on the bottom area. So the street, which was really cool though, that they let people in for free right there. I thought it was going to be restricted to like VIP or you had to have some kind of credentials or anything, something like that. But it was really cool. 
a draft feeder, you had to have credentials. But for the the street area, they basically left it to the public. And I think that was where the 60,000 capacity limit was. The hill, I don't, I'm not sure. But there still was barricades on the hill. I wasn't too big of a fan of that. I think they could have got more. I think we could have beat Nashville. There's a little bit of things kind of conflicting with that or that impacted. I think the total number we have, I mean, there was the Kelsey jam Friday night over in uh, Bonner Springs. It was headlined by MGK, Rick Ross, and Travis Kelsey himself, of course. Everyone was going to go out there. I think that was a sold out show. And it was, there was the possibility of rain. So maybe some people were scared out, scared off. I believe Friday night was actually the least. So by the numbers, Thursday, 125,000. Friday, I believe over 80,000. And Saturday, the final day, was over 105,000, I want to say. I, I, I want your opinion. So Bill Street was where the 2019 NFL draft was. Everyone hypes it up. It was a grand stage. Or not a grand stage, but everybody loves that draft. Not necessarily for the prospects, but for the experience and everything. This That place, it said they got 600,000. And this was on a street. So Bill Street, if you if you aren't familiar with it, or for the listeners that aren't familiar with it, it's obviously one of the most popular streets in Nashville. It's historically known for music, bars, country music, and everything. It goes on, I don't know, I want to say maybe 10 or more blocks. But to say they squeezed in 600,000 people in that area, I'm not buying it. Yeah, I saw some of the pictures like comparing... I don't know. Maybe I'm kind of biased, but it didn't look like that to me. No, not at all. Definitely not. Because think about how wide a street is. Now, granted, that's kind of a downtown street, but still, yeah. You compare that to that the Liberty Memorial Hill. I might be biased, but when you see like the aerial view or however you phrase it, I don't know. Didn't look like 600K. That's a lot of people. That is, that is a significant amount of people I, I just don't see it i think that the the one thing that kansas city can hang its hat on out of the cities that have hosted the nfl draft so far so chicago hosted it twice it was in grant park right off michigan avenue philly that had it on the i'm not sure i can't always i tell people about the philly draft is that that building where the rocky statue is um, I couldn't even tell you the bu- name of the building, but it, that's where the stage was, and then the, you know, the crowd was, of course, back in front or in front of it on the street. Dallas and Arlington, that was one of the worst ones. Or no, the worst one was the worst one was in Cleveland, but Dallas they just had it in Cowboy Stadium. So no, no, nothing really unique about it. No, nothing really truly mem- memorable about it. Cleveland, honestly, couldn't even tell you where it was in Cleveland. Cleveland, Cleveland had 160,000, and if you think about it, not very many people talk about that one. And that was in 2021. Oof. But, but long story short, the one thing that I think Kansas City can hang its hat on, think about the venue. 
sure we might not have had the most compact or crap the largest crowd ever but just the scene right there that hill it, it's overlooking liberty memorial if you're at least my height five seven you had a pretty good view of this or a decent view of the stage if you're on the hill and you could at least see the big video boards now if you're on the street even better i don't think any of those cities could compare to kansas city in that regard might be biased but i don't think so the other cities could kind of have that i mean i feel like we're the goat <laughs> considering we've never done anything like that before because how do you prepare for something like that how do you set stuff up like that you know when you've never done it it takes years of preparation i thought it was amazing it, but i think i think about other downtown areas and i've talked to my family i've talked to friends about it other downtown areas don't really have a space like that. There's not really a lot of green, no trees, no grass, if you think about it. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I, I, I think Kansas City set the bar high. We may not have had the largest crowd, but... Allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. I, I just don't, I don't believe the Nashville numbers. I feel like it's a little bit skewed, if I do say so myself. Now, the viewership. The viewership did numbers as expected. I believe... There were, over the three days that the ESPN, at least, had the NFL draft on television, a total unduplicated audience in the United States of 54.4 million viewers. Now, I don't know if that's the largest or the most viewed ever. Might have been Nashville. Hmm. I'm not 100% sure. But that's really interesting. 54 million viewers over a three-day period. That's essentially three NFL games. I think that's pretty cool. Definitely. There's a few more things I want to talk about Kansas City. Sorry, I'm bragging about my city. Rep the set. I like it. We're going to rep the set. At the end of the first night on Thursday, it was pretty funny. I was driving home. After I dropped off Marissa and I was listening to a, a, another sports radio show and they were upset. People, and it wasn't just them. There's people in the media, people on social, social media, you know, just the average fan. They're upset because night one to open up the NFL draft, Roger Goodell brought out Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes with the Super Bowl trophy. And, it, you know, people were saying, oh, it essentially became a Kansas City rally, a Kansas City parade instead of an actual, you know, it focusing on the NFL as a whole. Now, if you could see me right now, I'm grinning from ear to ear because I absolutely loved it. Yeah, but I mean, I feel like that's what they would have done if it was in another city and they had won the Super Bowl, you know? Like, the defending champs, how do you not mention that? I 100% agree. So, for example. I might be biased, though. No, I mean. That is true. Next year, it's in Detroit. So, if for whatever reason the Detroit Lions win this year, I would imagine they do the same thing. And I wouldn't be mad about it. I feel like it makes sense. Because you're highlighting the city. Like, that's the city's team. And it just happened two months ago? Yeah. I don't know. People, people can hate us. Win a Super Bowl. Host the draft in your city. Do it in the same year. Then you get to do things like that. I don't know what to tell you. I thought you were going to bring up Travis Kelsey throwing the fake 
Lombardi trophy. Oh, the Kelsey jam. No, uh, people made enough about that. That was kind of goofy. That was corny. I will say the one the one cool thing about this and my cousin and you know my brother and a few other people threw it around while you were there, it was essentially like show and tell for adults. And my cousin said it best. If you're a man, or not even a man, if you're a sports fan, specifically NFL, obviously. If you're an NFL fan, everything you've accumulated from in your entire life as a fan, that's the day you wear it. Yeah. So you got to think you're going to get some pretty unique things. Some things that people may not have have or have may not seen ever. There, there are some pretty good get-ups. Nice fits. I'm not going to lie. I saw some pretty good ones. A lot of Mike Dickas running around. A lot of Blazers. I saw a Packers fan with a cheese belt. Cheese championship <laughs> belt. Bill's Mafia. Bill's Mafia had a... Oh, I can't even describe it. He was cool, though. This guy was decked out. It was just, it was awesome. You know, everyone's showing their team pride. It was really cool. I'd say the fans that really showed out the most, though, I'd say Pittsburgh, Chicago, Green Bay, Minnesota. I'll say even Detroit, Dallas a little bit, Kansas City, obviously. Throwing a little bit of Denver. Those are probably the most team, the most, you know, fans I've seen there throughout the two days that I went. Yeah, we were at the Plaza Saturday, and it was just crazy. You see giant groups of people with all their team gear on. It was cool. And the cool thing about it was, you know, you see uh, uh, your other fans, you know, you, you give each other the, you know, the nod of approval. Like, yeah, we're Super Bowl champs. All these other losers. Yeah. <laughs> But then it, it honestly is really cool. You get to mingle with all these other people from across the United States and even from across the world. You, uh, Kansas City, they've now branched out to Europe. You know, they're starting to become a, a, a brand in Germany. Because, I mean, that's where they're going to play this season is in Munich. So there's that factor. It was, it was just so cool. They had so many events. There was, they had the events for kids, you know, the 40-yard dash, vertical jump precision passing, different things like that. We actually got to meet Marquez Valdez-Scantling. You did? Yes. Did you get a picture? Of course. That's wild. You didn't tell me that. Mm-hmm. So that, this was at the Little Caesars precision passing. I went against him. So did my cousin. So did my, uh, my little cousins. And then my, uh, Marissa did it as well. How'd you do? I did. Uh, I did okay. Wish I, I could have done better. Could have done better. Had You're rusty, though, you know? Yeah, yeah. Had to throw the ball a little bit. Uh, I had an eye spiral. I will say that. It's video proof. Hit me up. I'll show you. I still got the arm. Uncle Rico. Uncle Rico. But it was cool. My, uh, my little cousin, Marquez Valdez-Scanling, was messing with him a little bit. Picked him up. You know, like trying to swat his, his ball. It was funny. That is cool. My cousin actually asked him. Who throw because Valdez Scanling, of course, played for the Green Bay Packers. So, my cousin, who's a huge Broncos fan, asked him who's a better who throws a better ball, Patrick or Aaron. And then, my cousin's wearing while he asked that, he's wearing a Von Miller jersey, Broncos. And uh, Marquez replies, Not Russell. Yeah, <laughs> dang, <laughs> he was ruthless. He didn't like Bears fans, which was funny as well. I'd say the general consistency consensus 
from the media, the public. I think it goes to my point, Kansas City delivered. I mean, I, I know you weren't there, but I know you've seen videos, pictures. It's It was one of a kind. Unfortunately, this didn't lead to the revenue that Kansas City was hoping to generate. Because I believe Kathy Nelson, the head of the Kansas City Sports Commissions, and even Mayor Quentin Lucas of Kansas, uh, Kansas City, Missouri, they're expecting $100 million in revenue from this event from people going to you know our local uh, stores, shops, restaurants, things of that nature. It, I guess it underperformed from in that regard. And a few of the local businesses were kind of upset. But I don't know. Some of these were like, uh, I think there was, a, there was an article in the Kansas City Star. One was a plant shop <laughs> kind of talking about that they were a little upset that, you know, they didn't get as much foot traffic as they were anticipating. When you say plant shop, do you mean like a dispensary or do you mean like an actual like, like they sell plants? No, plant. Yeah, plants. Like a nursery. <sighs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know what some of these local businesses were expecting. Because if you were there and you drank or if you bought something or if you bought food, you easily could have spent $100 in a day. Well, like a lot of the fans who are going, they already have their gear on. So what are they going to buy other than like food and drinks? Where are you going to put a plant at? What, you going to take a succulent with you? Like yeah, take it home. <laughs> that's just weird. I didn't. I didn't know that about the revenue point. I didn't see that at all. That was that was the one disappointing thing. I thought I thought people would have, you know, flooded the surrounding areas. So Power and Light, the Crossroads, Westport. I, I'm sure Westport, Plaza. Yeah, the Plaza. It was busy, busy. The Plaza, the Plaza makes sense because if you're getting, you know, a high end event like that, more than likely you're getting some wealthy people coming into town, and the Plaza is where they're going to stay. Yeah. So I mean that makes sense. It was jumping, but you. But the other surrounding areas, I'm I'm not sure, quite sure how they did. But yeah, I think a a, <laughs> a plant shop was in this article. I didn't read all of it, but I know that they were featured in it. So that was kind of funny. That's awkward. But the prices, the prices were they were steep. Yeah, thirteen dollars for a Bud Light. Ooh. And if you wanted something that tasted better. $16. Oof. So I had to go get me a crown lemonade. How many of those did you drink? I had that in the notes. I was going to ask you. Thursday, two. Just because I didn't know that they were there. Friday, different story. Uh-oh. It was a bad night to be one. When did you meet, uh, meet MVS? Uh, Friday. It was Friday afternoon. The cool thing was, and you know the excitement, this is what made it so cool. So you have the, just the anticipation and that adrenaline rush, you know, because so the fun, funny story, it didn't come out until Wednesday night or Wednesday afternoon that they were holding the 60,000 capacity limit. Well, like NFL, why would you do that the day before? Why not? I don't know. Say that a week in advance so people can prepare for it. Yeah. But honestly, I'm kind of glad the way it worked out. So I, I get off work. Rusty gets off work. My brother gets off work and we're rushing, you know. We get down there, find good parking by the Boulevard Brewery, get in there, no problem. But just that, that like, 
the whole day, you know, you're like a little kid, you know, getting ready for Christmas. Yeah. It, it was just, it was awesome. But yeah, Friday night, I had at least four, four or five of the crown lemonades. Yeah, I just didn't know if that affected your throwing at all, you know? Oh, no, no, that was, that was later in the night, yeah. Overall experience, man, unbelievable, unforgettable weekend. This is something I'll always remember, and I'm really glad I got to share it, you know, with my cousins, my brother, and, you know, Marissa, too. I think it, it turned her, you know, it moved her along the fandom escalator. So she's kind of right here, kind of as a casual fan. I think she kind of moved up a few steps to her fandom with the Chicago Bears. That is cool. That's the that's the neat thing about events like this, and I really hope Kansas City gets this again. People were saying, you know, it could be a once-in-a-20-year thing, and it may very well be because other cities, I mean, you have to give other cities a chance. I really hope Kansas City gets it again. I hope so. Sorry, that was, that was I'm rambling. That was 25 minutes. Have you stayed listening to this by now? I really hope you do. But we got some more stuff to get into. Let's go. So cool moments from the from the 2023 NFL draft in Kansas City. Four Kansas City area kids were drafted. Most of them from the Kansas City, Missouri side, though. Not really too many Kansas City, Kansas kids, unfortunately. So the the top one, of course. Felix and Anukdae Uzama. Probably butchered that. You're braver than I am. I believe I mentioned him in the mock draft. I had him going to Kansas City at pick 31. Lo and behold, the Chiefs draft him. He's from Lee Summit High School. Now this one, he's from North Kansas City High School. He's from Northwestern. I'm like, I'm not, out of respect for him, I'm not going to try to pronounce his name. He got drafted by the Indianapolis Colts. Eric Scott of the got drafted to the Dallas Cowboys. Actually, I think he might have signed as an undrafted free agent. I'm not sure. But he's actually from Baser, Linwood. He's from Southern Miss University. And then Ronnie Bell. Ronnie Bell, he, he was pretty f- popular at the University of Michigan. He got hurt a few times there. Expectations were pretty high for him, so he slid a little bit in the draft due to his injury history. But he went to the San Francisco 49ers. He went to Park Hill High School. Had a shout out to Kansas City kids. I think that's really cool. And. Oop. I had something pop up. Sorry. Joey Porter Jr. I think this was. I was glad to be there for this. So Joey, Joey Porter Sr. was a longtime Pittsburgh Steelers linebacker. And as I mentioned, there were quite a bit of Steelers fans there. Steelers fans travel pretty well to different events and to different cities. The, that crowd went crazy whenever they drafted him. You know, that was a, kind of a full circle moment for the Porter family. I thought that was pretty cool. Isaiah Bolden of Jackson State was the, uh, the only HBCU player drafted this year. So that's pretty cool. I don't think that, ha- it doesn't happen very often, and it should. Some of those kids need a chance. Deuce Vaughn getting picked by his dad was a really cool moment. Yeah. Did you get to see that? Yeah, that was cool. So, obviously not a fan of Kansas State, but, you know, I, I respect Deuce Vaughn a little bit. I don't know how he'll pan out in the NFL. I think he's a dynamic runner, but the guy's shorter than me. And I'm pretty short. Granted, hard over height, man. 
hard overhyped for sure. But it does was... play a factor. I get what you mean. I'm yeah. just messing with you. <laughs> and another thing, Slaps Barbecue. Shout out to them. They're in Kansas City, Kansas. I believe down in the central area. Could be wrong, but I've been there a few times. Have you had them? No, I don't believe so. Very underrated barbecue place in Kansas City. They won the KC Smoke Showcase. So they had that down there. I believe that was day three of the draft. They had that. That was pretty cool to see. Now, as I mentioned, I talked to you a little bit off the show about I threw draft grades out the window. We did kind of, I was kind of planning on talking about it a little bit, talking about the winners and losers. There's, I mean, I don't know. Who's really a winner? Who's really a loser? Draft grades, you won't really know until, you know, a few years from now. Patrick Mahomes was viewed as a C minus for context. So I kind of threw, I left that alone a little bit. But one thing I did want to discuss out of the top quarterbacks that were drafted, this was touted or I guess described as one of the better quarterback drafts in quite a while. You had Bryce Young, you had CJ Stroud, Anthony Richardson blew up after his combine. Will Levis kind of blew up, you know, around his pro day and combine as well. Hendon Hooker was electric during the 2022 season. You know, those were the five top quarterbacks. And then there's a few guys, you know, later in the draft that had quality careers like Stetson Bennett as well. But out of the top guys, Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Anthony Richardson, Will Levis, and Hendon Hooker, who do you think has, who do you think landed in the best spot to have success? Or who do you think will be the most successful quarterback out of those guys? I'm not sure. That's kind of difficult. Maybe CJ Stroud because like it's the Texans. There's not a whole lot like a expectations. Maybe, but career numbers. I don't know. That's always so hard. I'll go CJ Stroud. I like it. He he's in a good. He, uh, it's tough to say good spot, but the the pressure. He he's in a low pressure situation. They've been terrible the last two years. Obviously, fans want them to improve. There's a new regime with D'Amico Ryans as the head coach. It's going to take a minute for that offense to get clicking, though. Yeah. I mean, they have promising players. You know, C.J. Stroud, Damian Pierce. He was kind of viewed as a fantasy superstar last year. Preseason hype, of course. If you drafted him, you probably were disappointed. But they need to surround him with more talent. I do like the low pressure situation, the point you made, though. Bryce Young, I kind of like the situation he's in. The Panthers, they have Frank Wright as the head coach now. They made a lot of changes to their offense. Added Adam Thielen, DJ Chark, Miles Sanders, Hayden Hurst. It's easy to say him because he's, I mean, he was the number one overall pick. Which, by the way, it was really cool getting to see that. Anthony Richardson with the Colts. I don't know. He's a supremely gifted athlete. Indy, I don't... Outside of Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman, I don't think they have enough offensively. They have a new coaching staff, I believe, they named Philly's offensive coordinator from the Super Bowl as their new head coach. Will Levis with the Titans. I don't know. 
That's a tough situation. That that I, mean, I know they have like basically zero expectation too, so it's re- going to be really easy to not let anybody down. But that just sounds terrible. That offense is, is not ideal. Hendon Hooker could be a dark horse. Now, his the offense that he ran to Tennessee. I was kind of questioning if his game would translate to the NFL level because Tennessee ran a lot of spread and he wasn't necessarily a read option quarterback, but Tennessee, like they, they spread the field. When I say spread the field, they spread the field. They had the receivers outside of the numbers. They would go two, two by two set, but they would be wide. You know, even the slot receiver, he kind of would be outside of the hash marks and they, they would air it out. And, I feel like a lot of his reads were kind of limited as either you throw down the field or I don't know, you find your next person. I don't think he really had much of a progression, but that situation in Detroit looks nice. Yeah, it does. You have a decent running game, David Montgomery. And now the guy you're trying to say his name from Bama. I'm just going to say Gibbs. Jameer Gibbs. Yeah. Number 12 pick in the 2023 draft. I like that he gets the chance to sit behind Jared Goff. So is that factor. He gets to learn from him. Some people might scoff at that. No pun intended. Yeah. But Jared Goff is an established veteran. He's had success in this league. He's flashed brilliance. And he's also flashed dumpster. I guess you could say. I think he's in a he's in a good situation. Now out of those, long story short. Sorry. I'd say it has to be Bryce Young. Bryce Young, I mean, I'm riding with the trend. He was the number one overall pick, but he really had, I've gotten to see him play a few times, not in person, but I watched his game. I believe the season he won the Heisman against Auburn and the Iron Bowl. The way he willed Alabama to victory in a game that he didn't particularly play well, but the way he handled a high pressure situation like that. I want to say it was on the road. And even the national championship game against Georgia, Alabama was never out of it, even though Georgia was probably the better team. He's a, he's a winner. Yeah. I really like him. I think he, I'm not, I'm so don't take this the wrong way. I think he's like Mahomes in the sense that you can never count him out. Play style. I don't, I don't think their play style is identical, but, you can never count Bryce Young out of a game. I'm I'm excited to see those kids play. They're Me not, too. They're not kids. We're barely older than them. But now this kind of leads into something that people is immediately after these players were drafted, you know, the conversation gets thrown around, well, who's gonna be rookie of the year? Offensive wise. As of right now. Bijan Robinson, according to Vegas Insider, is the odds-on favorite to win Rookie of the Year. That'd be so cool. So the number eight pick in the 2023 NFL Draft to the Atlanta Falcons. They do like to run the ball a lot. I I don't know. He he's obviously going to get a lot of volume. That gets me excited for saying that for fantasy. Yeah, it does. You know he he's going to get a lot of volume. He's going to get a lot of touches. They still have Cordell Patterson, though, but age is a factor with him. 
Drake London, Kyle Pitts. I mean, there's a few mouths to feed. There's no guarantee that he'll become the day one starter either. So I'm not sure if I would bet that, but just throwing that out there. Bryce Young, of course, is the second. CJ Stroud, third. Jameer Gibbs, number four. Anthony Richardson, number five. And Jackson Smith and Jigba at number six. Pretty interesting. He's landed in a good spot with Seattle. I like it. And another conversation that gets thrown around around this time of year after the draft. Who is going number one next year? That's always the conversation after the first draft, after the, the current the way year. too early. Yeah, the, yeah. Way, the way too early. That's what people are already looking forward to. And for good reason. The 2024 draft class is already stacked within the at least the top of it. Of course, it's headlined by current reigning Heisman Trophy winner Caleb Williams. A lot of people have him mocked to Arizona, which means that they're more than likely moving on from Kyler Murray after he just signed that massive contract last year. Oh, that's weird. That is weird. I didn't know that. So maybe there's a trade scenario in next year. Caleb Williams, number one. Number two, also to the Cardinals from the Houston Texans. They're obviously projecting the, tech, the Cardinals to be the worst team next year or this coming season. Marvin Harrison Jr. at the number two overall pick. So you not only get the best quarterback in the draft, but the best receiver in the draft. The Indianapolis Colts take a Olu Fashanu offensive tackle from Penn State. So they're projecting the Colts to be number three. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now this one, if it happens, I don't know how bad the Bucks will be, but number four, Drake May, quarterback from North Carolina. And then number five, Brock Bowers, tight end from Georgia. That him mocked to the Tennessee Titans. So just food for, food for thought. No guarantee, of course, that those teams will finish that badly, but we'll see. Now we finally get into. I know you've been wanting to talk about this for a minute. The Chiefs draft. What was your initial thought? What'd you think? I thought it was cool. Seven draft picks. Yeah, I like moving up and stuff. I mean, I feel like we, you know. You got another really good dynamic receiver to the receiving core. I don't know how to pronounce that dude's name from K-State, though, and I'm so scared to even say it, so I'm just going to call him Felix. Call him King Felix. But, you know, you needed somebody on the edge, too. I like it. I mean, I feel like you never know what's going to happen, but I feel like in recent years, like, you just got to have faith. I like it because it's kind of what I explained in the mock draft episode, episode 48. If you guys listen to that, I said that if the Chiefs didn't like a receiver that was available there, or that obviously an offensive tackle wasn't going to, a top offensive tackle prospect wasn't going to be available at 31, a receiver possibly could. It just depends on how that, the few picks before them played out. But I did say in that episode that if there's no one there that they like, they'll go edge. And they took arguably the best edge rusher available at that spot. I mentioned that Felix was a highly productive college player, was a Big 12 player, the defensive player of the year in 2021. He's athletic, six foot three, 255 pounds. So I, I liked the first pick that we had. Now, the thing that I really liked was that we went defense. So there was a kind of a chart that showed the draft capital and how it was used 
for all the teams. So, for example, offensive-wise, the top teams were Carolina, Houston, Tennessee, Indianapolis, Detroit. Kansas City was at the bottom for draft capital used on offensive needs or necessities. Now, you switch it around to defense, Kansas City was towards the top for defense. I believe they had, they used five of their seven picks that they, they, they had 10 picks. And I did mention they weren't going to use all 10. They ended up drafting seven and five of the seven draft picks that they had were defensive players. So not only did they draft King Felix, but they drafted Shamari Connor, safety from Virginia Tech, BJ Thompson, who's an edge rusher from Stephen F. Austin. FCS school, Keandre Corbin, defensive tackle from Texas, and another cornerback, Nick Jones from Ball State. I think you, I think it was smart. You don't know the future of players like Derek Nadi. Derek Nadi, I believe, is on a one year deal, so you get a fourth round defensive tackle from Texas. I heard that Shamar, Shamari Connor, or no, sorry, Keandre Corbin, sorry. He's a six-round draft pick. He was a pretty productive college player from what I've heard. You get him to possibly replace him. You added competition to the edge, which you need because George Karlaftis is still very young. You had you added, I believe his name was Charles. I forgot his last name. From the San Francisco 49ers. We added him in free agency. But to get depth, because the other guys, I think there's Mike Dana. Or Malik, Her- Malik Herring and Joshua Kando. Joshua Kando is probably on his way out. But you get guys like BJ Thompson, who was a pretty athletic dude. He's 6'5, 233, though. Or 6'5, 225, something like that. He was skinny. He looked like a forward in the NBA. So I, I was happy about that. I had no complaints. I mean, we. we- I don't have a full analysis, but that's what you all were hoping for. I, I do apologize. I did see that these players, according to like an athletic type of grade, so from 1 to 10, this draft class as a whole averaged at a little over an 8, according to this athletic grade that I believe some NFL teams use. And I think for context, last year's draft class was an 8.7. So I think the trend that Brevich is going, we're going more younger. We're getting more athletic, which I love. We need some athletes. That's the direction the game's going. After having guys like Ben Neiman and Daniel Sorensen, you know, I'm glad we're adding some athleticism. So I'm excited. As to who I would say will be the most productive from those guys, it's too early to tell. The nice thing about all these draft picks, they're in probably one of the the least pressure to perform in a first year, as a first year player. There's no pressure at all. Just be you. You're with the Super Bowl champions. Their roster is already structured pretty well for this season. Next year is a little bit of a different story. 
you kind of have to get a little bit more flexible with the salary cap and everything because I believe we do have quite a bit of free agents next year. But this year, just learn. Be a sponge. Get better. Develop. Probably treat it like a redshirt year. They might not get a lot of playing time. A few of them probably will, but they're in the, no pressure at all. That's the way. I, that's what I've described. Even I described it to Hector for Felix with a pick thirty-one. You know, some people say that, oh well, there's probably a players that were better than him at that spot. Well, it doesn't matter. You know, we liked him. Obviously, Brad Beach liked him a lot. We needed depth at edge rusher. That's a safe pick. I like it. Any pick safe when we got the goat as our QB. Correct, Mundo. That's the longest we talked football. I don't know how you remembered all those names, dude. You were rattling off names, and I was like, oh, God. Oh, no, I had it. Yeah, I had it pulled up. Well, yeah, I know, but still just being able to. That's crazy. We'll get into your favorite segment now. Let's go. We're going to transition to the hardwood, man. Round two. Ding, ding. What are your thoughts so far? High level of basketball being played right now. I like it. High level of basketball being played. Lakers Warriors has the makings of being one of the best series in quite a while. Yeah. As long as Anthony Davis shows up and produces like that every night, it really might go six or seven games. I hope it does. That would make for great TV. Yeah, it would. I had high expectations for Phoenix and Denver. I think I said that last episode. Chris Paul's hurt. Yeah, and even before that, he wasn't playing very well either. It's kind of sad. A tradition like no other. Chris Paul getting hurt in the playoffs, unfortunately. I'm not saying that. No, it's obviously not a good thing, but. I do feel bad for that dude. I know you don't like him, though, but that is surprising you're saying that. Yeah, I mean, I feel terrible for the dude. I mean, look at all the injuries on those Clippers teams. I mean, because they were like the first viral team, I feel like. Of, City. of our life or whatever you want to call it like generation like with social media really starting to take off like when they were popping off Lob City Blake DeAndre Jordan Chris Paul the end of even the end of round one was exciting Warriors and Kings who would have thought that that would go seven I didn't especially after the uh, De'Aaron Fox injury I was like it's over I got some dogs. I was wrong about that team all year long. They proved me wrong all year long. The Lakers shut up the Grizzlies. Legendary. Miami Heat. Somehow, about some that? way. Have you ever seen a player like Jimmy B who's just kind of like, I wouldn't say average, but normally he gets thrown around as like a, one of the best like two-way players. You know, he's never going to do anything crazy on the offensive end, and then in the, in the playoffs just goes crazy. Eliminate the Bucks 4-1. If this makes any sense, he's one of the most overrated players, but at the same time, one of the most underrated players. Yeah. He's a playoff dog. He is. Then that's what you want, you know, your star to step up. Hopefully he can come back for game three and not be affected by that ankle. But at the same time, I kind of hope that New York beats them. New York and Miami, that, it makes for a good series too. Kind of hard-nosed teams, defense. A team, both teams don't really have a lot of stars. It's more, you know, established role players that aren't super athletic, 
where the fundamentals are harped on with the with the coaches Tom Thibodeau and Eric Spolstra, both guys that have been established coaches in the league now for a while. How about the job Eric Spolstra has done? He just keeps winning. I don't know how he does it. After all these years, you know, for the longest time, when the Heatles were a thing, I thought that he was the type of coach that just rolled the balls out and say, you know, go play, guys. We'll figure it out. We have the big three. I'm not going to do much coaching. Just let these guys do what they're going to do. But since then, obviously, I mean, he's proved a lot of people wrong. Yeah, I I mean, the job that he's done, because you got to think, Bam out of bio, like, what's that dude even do anymore? Kyle Lowry got old fast, and he's still able to just elevate this team. He gets the most out of his players. I don't know, it's weird. Did you, <laughs> speaking of Kyle Lowry, did you see the post Jack Harlow had? <laughs> yes. That dude is so sus. <laughs> that was one of my favorite posts ever. So if you if you all saw it on Twitter, Jack Harlow, I believe, is courtside at game one. Yep. Of the Knicks in the Heat. And apparently, did it actually happen or is he just lying? I don't know. So at some point during that first game, Kyle Lowry apparently fell, <laughs> fell in Jack Harlow's lap. And if, and if you know about the <laughs> the troll job of uh, pe- that people have about Kyle Lowry, that is. <laughs> He's bottom head. That man's thick. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, according, to the, according to social media, it makes me think of uh, that one video. The uh, guy's in the courtroom, he says, girl, and they're reading one of his quotes. He's like, girl, you thicker than a bowl of oatmeal. Yeah, thicker than a snicker, dude. Essentially, that's what Jack Harlow said about Kyle Lowry. He said, the rumors are true. <laughs> like a pillow. Uh, that was hilarious. That was wild. That's been one of the funny moments ever for, uh, of round two. What do you what do you think? What are your thoughts so far on Phoenix and Denver outside of the Chris Paul injury? What are some things that have caught your eye in that series? Just how deep Denver, how deep Denver is, and now Jamal Murray's healthy, like actually healthy, healthy. They're such a deep team; it's crazy. I think this is their year if they're going to do it, because they have too much talent from top to bottom for all those people to stay. They're so well coached, too. I think CB guarding high school kids five years ago, and now he's guarding KD. KD's two of eight from the floor, and I believe he has three turnovers when CB's guarding him. I think that's really cool. Michael Porter Jr., then Aaron Gordon, obviously Joker. They're such a deep team. I was telling my cousin, and I'm glad, by the way, I'm glad you shouted out CB. I was, if you didn't, I was. Oh, I had it in there. Yeah, he... he who would have thought, you know, he he did a tremendous job on Kevin Durant. Or he's done a pretty good, solid job on Kevin Durant. Because how tall do you think that dude is, for real? CB? Yeah. 6'6". Six, six. And he's guarding one of the greatest shooters, scorers, whatever you call it, ever. Yeah. Yeah, I know he's a little older, but that dude still hoop and hits shots. Dude, CB's picking up, before the injury, picking up Chris Paul at 94 feet. Yeah, that's the first ballot Hall of Famer. Like or dislike Chris Paul. He's guarding that dude. How about him being that big of a role player as a rookie? It's insane. 
that, that, I don't think he gets enough attention nationally. I, I think that just goes, that's a testament to the job that Bill Self does at getting these guys ready. Sometimes they don't pan out, but Christian Brown's an example of a kid that's going to stay for three years and really take that coaching. Obviously won a national championship. You know, he's, what it was it, the fruits of his labor? Yeah. It's, it, you know, it's shown. But Denver, one of the things I've been surprised about, I, when Aaron Gordon was first traded there, I never thought he would be that good. I thought he'd be, I thought it wouldn't last that long. But he's actually found his role on that team and he fits very well with them. Yeah. He elevated his game, kind of got the jumper going, just like stopped. He just knows how to play his role. And I think that's the most important thing. When you have so much talent around you, some people try and like try and outshine that talent, but he knows where his game's at. It's a very unselfish team. Like even like their interviews, all of them, they never give the credit to themselves. It's always their teammates first. I think that's the epitome of, you know, Jokic. I think it starts with him. And, you know, it, it trickles down to the rest of those guys and it is really cool to see. Now the other series that we haven't highlighted yet, we talked about it a little bit. Philly and Boston. Yeah, I didn't wanna I didn't want to hurt feeling that was shocking boston had that game wrapped up because we were texting and we were like series is over if jojo can't play like it's over and then i was like what they won but paul b ball reed i'm not gloating man i know it's hard for you <laughs> I'm, I'm not i'm just, just rooting for any jayhawk to get a ring i don't care what that, team it's from that's just disappointing how do you how do you lose to a joel and beadless sixers when and they had rest, and you guys didn't. Yeah, sometimes too much rest though that can be a bad thing too. They, they should have won. I oh, think they should have. Late sure. late in games, that's been the story of the Celtics this season. They've been one, arguably one of the greatest teams in the league this year. But when, for whatever reason, late in games when they're up, probably double digits, they just fold out of nowhere. They just start. Being doing uncharacteristic type of things, they don't play within themselves, and they just make stupid mistakes. What I've noticed, and obviously you've watched more Celtics games than I have, is they really play up to the competition or down to the competition. If I'm wording that correctly, no, that's exactly how it is. I mean, that should have been a four-zero sweep without JoJo. I mean, I don't think anyone had the 76ers even winning a game, maybe stealing one at home, but to win game one at Boston, I mean, you needed James Harden go crazy, Maxie, Tobias Harris, Paul Bball reed came in there. I mean, he he played probably as well as he could have. I thought that was kind of crazy. I think he had like, I had it in here, I can't remember, but he had a pretty good game. He had 10-5 and I don't know. I'll tell you the unsung hero. The reason why the Sixers even won that game, Melton. Was it? Darius Melton, DeAndre Melton, something Melton. I have no clue. He, I think he scored over 20. I think he's the reason why. Obviously, James Harden played phenomenal, but even with that, there were, spur, were there, there were times when they were down 10 points or more, but Melton would hit a three at some point. He would get a bucket. He was the unsung hero of that game. Game two tonight. But, but, What's your prediction on that? JoJo back? I don't know, because I, I was looking at and at first. So it started with Skip Bayless. So who knows how true it is. But he said with his 76ers connect and like Bleach Report 
they sent out a notification about it and some of the other like major like ESPN stuff that it was like a sprained LCL. They didn't think he was going to be able to play. He's only skipped that 30 or 40% of what he normally is. That's what his inside person says. Who knows how true that is? But for all the other platforms to be sharing it, it must hold some weight. I don't know. It depends on how healthy, but why risk it? Why risk your future? Unless maybe that's just like, you know, they're trying to, you know, play mind games. Like, you know, maybe JoJo is. It really was just like a little tweak and he's fine and he's going to be 100% or near 100%. But you got to think that's a big dude. What, like 7'1", 7'2", 300 pounds? I wouldn't risk it if there's anything. If he's not 100%, I don't even know if I risk it. Not in the conference semifinals? No. There's no way. I guess the good thing is is that he he's had a week off and they won game one. So, yeah. There, there's some pressure off, yeah. I think if you're maybe Doc Rivers and his coaching staff, you feel, you know, a little bit more relieved. Maybe we, maybe we do play these games and, you know, we feel a little bit confident against Boston in this series and we rest Joel in hopes that we make it to the conference finals. I wouldn't have JoJo come back tonight. I wouldn't. Why? In game two, why? Maybe game three or four? That's what I was thinking at home. Rest him. Also, JoJo MVP. Yes. Let's go. Wanted to get into the news before we move on from the NBA. Noted. We'll have some more. So we'll, we'll basically be about midway through round two in our next episode, episode 51. But some news that's taking place within the past week. Joel Embiid, as Ryan just... Sorry, I jumped the gun. Oh, no, 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 you're good. That's, that's huge. The second Kansas Jayhawk ever to win the National Basketball Association MVP. Most valuable player. Salute to him. I think he becomes the seventh or eighth international player to ever win the MVP. I think so. I think the fourth Philadelphia 76er to ever win the MVP. That's impressive, man. He, First Jayhawk since Wilt. And that was a long time ago. 68. That was a long time ago. When we, KU's put out some good players since then. So to, for it to be Joel Embiid in the 2023 or the 2022-2023 season, you know, that's impressive. Yeah, I know you mentioned the international thing, and I think it goes to show how much the game is growing because I think I saw the stat. It was like the last five MVPs have been international players or four because Joker 2, Greek Freak, Joel. I can't remember who won it before that. I think it was four, the last four years at least. Four. Because 2019 or 2018 was Harden, I believe is what I saw. But shout, amazing. Out to him. shout out to him, man. I think it's cool. He's easily the best modern day NBA Jayhawk. And it's probably Wiggins. It's easily Wiggins. Yeah, it's those two. And they came from the same team. 2013 team. Yep. I just wish that team would have cashed in national championship. Embiid would have been healthy, man. Yeah, his lower back injury. Marcus Smart. I do want to ask this. I didn't have it in the notes, but I do want to ask this. I really want your opinion. Do you think voters felt pressured because people didn't want Jokic to win a third MVP? I don't know. 
Maybe a little bit, but then, I mean, he's been the runner-up two years in a row. I think Denver has a way better team. I mean, I feel like you could have given it to either guy. Obviously, I'm biased. I want, you know, Embiid to get it. But there might have been some pressure, but just like, you know, the Michael Jordan thing and LeBron thing, they probably should have won it almost every year, but it gets old, like, for viewers and stuff, so. They put in new people, but JoJo's deserving. He was the what league scoring leader. He finished runner up two years in a row. As a center. Yeah. He's battled impressive. a lot of injuries too. And I know sometimes they try and like I don't know what the word would be. They try and like say like justify as to why Joker should win it because he plays more games than Embiid. But Embiid's able to put up those numbers in less games. With a less talented team from top to bottom. Definitely not as a consistent team. There's definitely that factor. I am happy for him. Jokic, you you can make the case. I think he lost it towards the end of the season, though. Once Denver kind of locked up the number one seed and, you know, they kind of packed in the rest of the season. But it is interesting. The point you made, you know, about LeBron. LeBron James actually didn't, for the first time in his career, didn't receive a single... MVP vote. The one thing I will say about the MVP voting, I did see Jokic should have got more than 15 votes, first place votes. Yeah. That's the only thing I don't, that's the only thing I just really disagree on. Other than that, I'm fine with it. I am happy. As we talked about, first Jayhawk since Wilt, you know, it's incredible. That doesn't happen very often. I think it's better than Kentucky. How many pieces does Kentucky have? I can't remember the last one they had. Neither can, can I. No. Have they ever? That's a good question. Even Duke. Who's been an MVP from Duke? This is when I wish we were live and we had like somebody call in or text in. Well, you guys are wrong. Yeah. There's some Kentucky or Duke fan yelling at us right now. Yeah, that'd be funny. Now, the other news, this was more of a. Uh, just everyone laughing at somebody. I've never seen Twitter. There, there's a few times, actually. There's a few times Twitter will bring people together, specifically on the sports side of things. And it's when a, a I don't want to say hated player, but hated player, when they get drugged through the mud. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, Twitter joins forces like the Avengers. Which, by the way, shout out Guardians of the Galaxy coming out th- tomorrow. But I'm talking about Dylan Brooks. It was reported that Dylan Brooks will not be re-signed by the Memphis Grizzlies this offseason. Now, do you feel bad for him? Probably not, because he denied the contract extension that they gave him. Yeah, I don't know what all about that story is true. Like, if they actually did offer him. Because I saw from, like, different things, or, like, different sources, like, Parts of that story, I don't know. It's weird. If he did turn down the money, that's weird. Because who would pick that guy up? Not a lot of teams. That's a locker room distraction. That's just a distraction you don't need. I don't know. He's probably not a starter on quite a few teams. But I will say he does kind of hold a P.J. Tucker type of role. Decent defender. 3 and D guy. 
Yeah, but I saw the report that was his issue was that he was only used as a 3 and D guy and he wanted a larger role on the offensive side. And I was like, what? Yeah, that's... <laughs> and that wasn't just some like random Twitter dude. That was one of the NBA reporters, whatever. Shams. Somebody. No, kidding. No, that... that that's when... He... he... <laughs> like, I get it. You gotta have confidence he... and to make it to that level, you have to believe in yourself 110% and you can't let anyone get in your head. I get it, but you... You're playing against... You can argue goat or not, whatever. Top couple players of all time. And you're just going to start messing with him? Like, that's... Ooh. What's that one video? You're not that guy, pal. Yeah. He doesn't have that dog in him. Do you think... You're uh... so annoying. They don't want you back. Like, think about that. Like, that's really what it is. Do you think the Shanghai Sharks come calling? Probably not. Ni hao? Maybe. A couple of Puerto Rican teams interested in it. They might get him. He might go to like Manny Pacquiao's league. <laughs> the Philippines. Yeah. See, this we can have fun with it. This was a time that everybody came together. NBA Twitter. That's what it is. Yeah. He brought it on himself, though. He did. It's hard to feel sorry for him. Declining the media stuff. And... Oh, yeah, that was even worse. You just look soft at that point. Own up to it. Yeah, that's corny. You know, you... Embiid was crying his eyes out when Kawhi hit that shot against them. He still went and talked to the media. How many times has LeBron lost in the finals and always talks to the media? I don't know. You just have to man up at that point. It just shows your true character. You got to accept your failure and, you know, learn from it, grow from it. Be mature. You know, yeah, people are going to clown on you and it sucks. It's going gonna, it's gonna to suck for a while. It's going to hurt. Be a man. If you're man enough to act like you're that guy, you know, have a little bit of humility too. Yeah, he's like a best choice Draymond Green. He is. He's a poor man's Draymond Green. This is pretty that's pretty fitting. Young so, Draymond Green. Draymond <laughs> Green's he's getting kind of slow, but I don't get how that dude's already gray at thirty three, but I mean that's another story. MLB. We're getting towards the end of this fiftieth episode. Week 6 power rankings. We'll start there. Tampa Bay Rays continue to hold down the top spot. The Atlanta... Okay, now we're back in the same situation. We have the Braves, the, the Rays, Braves, and Jays. The tongue twister. The ultimate tongue twister. Tampa Bay, number one. Atlanta, number two. Toronto, number three. Milwaukee, number four. The Baltimore Orioles stand up. They've been playing really good baseball as of late. Their current record. I'm happy to see because last year you could kind of see it that they could potentially turn into a wild card team. And now they're 20 and 9. They're a few games back in the AL East lead to, to Tampa Bay. Falling behind them, Houston Astros, Pittsburgh Pirates. I said they needed to be in the top 10, and they're in the top 10. New York Mets make it back in, Minnesota Twins. At number nine, and the Texas Rangers at number four or number ten. Sorry, I think you can't go wrong with that group. This is pretty accurate. This is probably the best list that they've had so far to start the season. Maybe you throw in the Dodgers. The Dodgers will probably be in next week. They're eight and two in their last ten games. As far as shuffling, 
I don't know. Maybe put Baltimore over Toronto. It's just, it's kind of hard. Those are probably the top 10 teams in baseball right now. Maybe you're throwing the Dodgers over, I don't know, the Mets maybe. What are the Mets? Mets are 16 and 4, 3 and 7 in the last 10 games. I hate it when that happens. I mean, granted, this does come out on a Monday and it is Wednesday. I don't know. That just doesn't make sense. I just said the Dodgers record. I, I don't know. That's weird. I think that would be the only thing I'd change. I would take out the Mets and put in the Dodgers in the top 10. I think that's pretty accurate, though. Some news. Players of the month. We have. From the batting perspective. You have Matt Chapman of the Toronto Blue Jays. He slashed 384. Had a 1.152 OPS, 15 doubles, 5 home runs, 21 RBIs. Ronald Acuna Jr., the Atlanta Braves, 325 batting, or 352 batting average, 986 OPS, 4 home runs, 14 RBIs, and 13 stolen bases. And then you also have the pitchers of the month. This is April, of course. Garrett Cole on the AL side. 5-0 5-0 and with 44 strikeouts, a 1.11 ERA, and held opponents to a 169 batting average. Clayton Kershaw in the NL side, 5-1, and 41 strikeouts, a 1.89 ERA, and held opponents to a 0.175 batting average. And then lastly, you have the Rookies of the Month. At AL side, you have this guy... Tell me what tell me what you think this last name would sound would what, how you would pronounce it. So the guy's name is Josh, and his last name is J U N G. Unji. <laughs> I don't know, dude. I'm bad with names. Apparently, it's pronounced Young. Josh Young of the Texas Rangers. They're just making stuff up. <laughs> that doesn't even make sense. I don't. Yeah, I don't think it does either. He batted two seventy in the month of April. Had an OPS of 824, six home runs, 21 RBIs. I believe most of that came against the series against the Royals. There's a two, two series he played against the Royals. And it's a good chance that's where, that's where his numbers came from. Pain. Yeah, yes. NL side, James Outman of the Dodgers, 292 average, 991 OPS, seven home runs, 20 RBIs. They are the rookies of the month. The Mexico City game, that was probably the highlight of this past weekend, or the Mexico City series, that was pretty cool. The Dodgers and the Giants, the infamous home run game. I can't remember how many home runs were hit in their Saturday game. I believe. So, Xander Bogarts, to start with that game, he's become, they call him the international man of homers. He's become the first major league baseball player to homer in four different countries. So this is spanning. So he plays for the Padres right now. He played for the Red Sox. And I think there was another team. I can't remember. But he's hit a home run in the United States, of course. Canada playing in Toronto. England. And a kind of a showcase like this where they go to a a different city. They went to England to play against the Yankees and then now Mexico. So I thought that was a pretty cool tidbit. It is. Nelson Cruz 
what is the second oldest player since the since 1900s to have a five hit game. Nelson Cruz is 42 years old. So he was on fire during that game. Okay, here we go. The first ever Mexico, the first ever ever MLB game in Mexico City, and that was what made it special. It's the first time the MLB tried this. I thought it was really cool. The scene looked really nice. I'm not sure what well it was in Mexico City, but. It would have been cool to be in that game, be in attendance. 27 runs were scored, 30 hits, 11 home runs, 72 total bases, and four instances of back-to-back homers. That's very rare. A casual, and I even know that's crazy. Yeah, that's pretty rare. But the funny thing is about this game, so the 11 home runs, Mexico City has a higher altitude than Denver. In Denver, if you're for Rocky Stadium, for example, is a pitcher's nightmare. You're more than likely going to get rocked there, even if you're a Cy Young caliber pitcher. Mexico, you go there, and it's just even worse. Wiffle ball numbers. Exactly, yeah. It, it was crazy. So the Padres ended up beating the Giants 16-11 to in the first game. And then it's funny, the runs actually went down. It was 10 runs scored in day two, and the Padres won 6-4. to four. I thought that was really cool, though. I'm glad the MLB did that. Jacob deGrom, a tradition like no other, is back on the injured list. Are you familiar with Jacob deGrom? A little bit. Arguably one of the greatest pitchers in modern day baseball. But, as the last few years, he gets hurt a lot. Bryce Harper made his return. And Bryce Harper actually recorded... It's the fastest recovery of Tommy John surgery for a Major League Baseball player. 160 days. Granted, he's not going to be throwing at all. He's wearing a super heavy-duty brace on his right elbow, I believe. Or it might be his left elbow. I can't remember. One of the two. I think it's his right elbow. Or is it his left elbow? Maybe it's both. I don't know if he's left or right-handed. I just know that he's coming back, or came back. I saw that. I got the bleach report. He actually recorded his first hit today in today's game for the Phillies. It's incredible. Did he come back too fast? I don't know. I, I think you have to be very cautious if you're the Phillies. You have a lot of money invested in him. More injuries. The Yankees or probably one of the most injured teams in baseball. As of May 1st, they have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight players on the 10-day IL or more. And they have other players that are on the 60-day IL. The latest addition, reigning MVP Aaron Judge. Not a good time to be a Yankees fan. I know who that is. Yeah, Yankees. Idaho, he's one of the biggest names in baseball right now. And lastly, for MLB news, this was really cool. Another, another cool moment for Kansas City. The Negro League Hall of Fame plans to build a new museum down on the 18th, down on 18th and Vine, $25 million complex. It's going to be bigger. It's going to be better. I've never been to that museum. I still need to go see it. Ryan, I encourage you to go see it. Yeah, let's go. 
maybe it sparks your interest in baseball. Probably not, but I'm, let's do it. But th- it, either way, it's a great experience. It'd be great to see. It's really cool. There's the history side of things as well. So, that, I mean, you have that factor in it along with sports. In the month of February, they actually have it free for people to attend. All they ask is for is do- a donation, though. So, Bob Kendrick, he made that announcement. He is the, I want to say the CEO of the Negro League Hall of Fame. I'm not quite sure what his title is, but he's one of the head guys. And it was really cool this year. The MLB The Show, the video game, actually incorporated the Negro Leagues into the video game this year. I didn't know that. That is cool. So it it's nice that, you know, that history of baseball is finally being told. It's really cool. It doesn't get highlighted enough. Now we'll get into the Royals update. First things first, I'll say help is on the way. It was reported earlier this week that two prospects that two rising prospects, Drew Waters, who we acquired last year after or around the trade deadline from Atlanta. He was one of their top prospects. He's a center fielder. He is reported to start his rehab assignment in Omaha this week. So the Storm Chasers are AAA affiliate. And then Daniel Lynch is scheduled yesterday. He pitched for Northwest Arkansas, which is our AA affiliate. Those are two guys that could definitely boost the morale of this team. Drew Waters, in his short time with Kansas City last season, did pretty well. Daniel Lynch, you're anticipating him to make an immediate impact in the starting lineup. So definitely excited to get those guys in there. The injury bugs hit the Royals too, though. Nicky Lopez had an emergency appendectomy surgery. You're in the hospital field. What is that? No clue. I was trying to think about it. Okay. Okay. But to replace him, Mikiel Garcia got called up from Omaha. From Mil- and then some guys that got sent down. I mentioned, I alluded to it at the beginning of the show. Not only are there some injuries, but there's been poor performance. And poor performance means you get demoted. So, Framil Reyes and Jose Quas were recently sent down to Omaha. Freddie Furman, who is a catcher, got called up. And left-handed pitcher Austin Cox also got caught up, called up. The Royals currently stand at 7-23 through 30 games. One of the worst starts in franchise history. And that's saying stuff. We have a run differential of negative 68. Two game losing streaks, three and seven in their last 10 games. The one positive that I will say if there was ever a time where they could really get some momentum this season, is this week and a little bit into next week. We play the worst team in baseball, which if if that's even possible behind us, the Oakland Athletics we play them this weekend in Kansas City. So it's a 10-game homestand. We play them. We play the Chicago White Sox, who are also one of the worst teams in baseball. We have a three-game series with Oakland and then a four-game series with the White Sox before we go on the road to, or no, maybe I have that wrong. Or we're in a current series with the Orioles. One of the best teams in baseball. 
and then we play the Athletics, and then we play the White Sox. So maybe if you can be a little bit competitive against Baltimore tonight and Thursday, and then the rest of the homestand, you do pretty well against those bad teams. I mean, somebody's got to win in those games. Yeah. Three, take what you can get. Three of the worst teams in baseball. Hopefully you get some W's before you go on the road to Milwaukee and San Diego. So get a little bit of momentum before you play some good teams. Is there saving the season? I don't know. 7-23 through 30 games. More than likely. I mean, playoffs. Pain. Safe to say. I wish I had better news. But, I mean, tickets are cheap. You can get some really good seats. We'll say that. Sure. Tune back in next week for episode 51 for week seven power rankings in MLB. Hopefully we have a a more positive Royals update. We'll see though. Now, before we wrap up the episode, I alluded to it earlier. I added this right before the show. Some of our favorite moments through the 50 episodes of Bar Top Sports Talk. We're not going to go through all 50, of course, or really even to remember all of them because, I mean, it's been over a year for some, and some of them got deleted. But, Ryan, I want to ask you, though, what, what have been some of your favorite moments so far? It might, it's, it might sound weird because it's not normally my thing, but when you and Hector used to do, the, like, the little pop culture segment thing, I really like that. We do need to bring that back. I thought that was really cool. There have been a lot of movies that have come out to start this year. There's been a lot of a lot of notable ones. Evil Dead, Guardians of the Galaxy. Scream 6. Scream 6. I haven't seen that. Is it good? Slash movie. Yeah, I love it. It's cool. I mean, it, it's something different. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to say it's a great movie, but just go in there and have fun. Some people are too critical of horror movies. Yeah. Air. Her air is out. The Michael Jordan movie. Avatar. Avatar came out earlier. I'm talking about it right now, though, at least. Oh. But there's there's quite a few movies. And even, yeah, earlier, Ant-Man and the Wasp. We do need to incorporate more pop culture. I'm glad you brought that up. What are some other ones? Other moments? Probably my first episode. Oh, man. Because this, I've always been nervous and socially awkward. But this really pushed me out of my shell a little bit. Still awkward, but... I think the show helped me get through that a little bit. So I guess, I don't know if that counts. but I think it does, yeah. I like that. I remember it like it was yesterday. The Chiefs Hawaiian shirt. Oh, yeah. Still got it in my closet. Noel had me decked out. I will say, there were quite a few people that said, man, is he going to talk? Yeah. Dude, <laughs> you don't realize how hard it is. Like, you think you talk sports with your friends all the time and you're like i watch sports all the time it's so easy i'll just say the same stuff when you know that even if there's only a few people listening it is stressful it's been fun though it has oh it's very fun i'm glad it's been a good experience for you some of my favorite moments i'll say our first episode together that was a good good one some of the ones that got lost in the archives those were good ones too yeah. Unfortunately, we don't have those, but I'd say uh, last year, getting to talk about the Jayhawks winning the national championship, that was a lot of fun. 
the bracket challenge the last two years. That's been fun to report on. The Chiefs won the Super Bowl. NFL draft talk. The Super Bowl preview. Getting Gabe on the show. Giving his analysis. The fantasy football frenzy. There's been, I feel like there's been some good ones. Is it perfect? No. We're still learning. It's a learning process. There's a lot of things I can improve on, but it's been fun. It's been a lot of fun. I mean, I, I think about starting out. So you asked me before we started the show, when do we first start recording, me and Hector? So it took me four weeks to really, you know, build up the courage to really get in front of the mic and do it for real. Oh, it is incredibly. I underestimated it. So we, we, me and Hector actually, fun fact, we had at least three or four test runs before we actually did the first ever episode. And that was in, we did it towards the end of December. Or no, we did it at the beginning of January. And then kind of throughout the month and we would keep talking. And then beginning of February, we did it right after the Super Bowl in 2000 or 2022. So the Rams and the Bengals. So right after that Super Bowl was when our first episode dropped. And yeah, that's kind of when everything started. It was, it's, it's been really cool. I think I've gotten a lot better. There's still some, as I mentioned, there's still some things I can improve on, but it's been fun for sure. It's been a hobby, obviously. And the one thing I will tell people, tell people, there's probably thousands of sports podcasts out there. The one thing I think me and you can say is we're not going to sound just like those guys. And we, in, you know, if this makes sense, we may talk about the same subjects, but it's our opinion. And the one thing I can say too, it's really hard to censor yourself. Yeah. You know how I talk, dude. Not cursing for an hour and a half or two hours at a time. It is difficult. So we, I, one of my main goals of this show was to make it family friendly. And this is for anybody. You, uh, you know, ladies, you can listen. Kids. I know I, maybe some of my, cousin, my little cousins maybe could listen to it. Some of the kids I even coached in football could listen to it. Even, you know, some of my older relatives, grandparents, if you're listening. It's something for everybody. And I feel like not a lot of other, if unless if it's on like a broadcasting station, so like 610 Sports Radio or 810 Sports Radio, you can't curse on the air, of course. Other sports podcasts, you know, think of Pat, Pat McAfee. <laughs> Granted, I mean, that guy, I mean, it is cool. Like, you know, you get a, all the guys around, you know, you're not really, you, your filter kind of comes off. But to do it, as you mentioned, you know, for an hour, hour and a half, you have to really discipline yourself. And I think that's one thing that, you know, is unique about this. So over 50 episodes. Pretty awesome. Pretty cool. If I do say so myself. Really cool. I hope you guys have all enjoyed. I hope you guys join us for 50 more. Maybe 50 more after that. We'll see. We're just along for the ride. We thank you guys for tuning in for episode 50. Hope you guys enjoy. Look forward to talking to you all episode 51. We'll see you guys then.